Good day, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Let's Be Diverse Podcast. I am your host, Andrew. How many times have you heard people say that employees are a company's greatest asset? Preserving your asset is good. To see them is bad. Investing in your employees the growth in other areas. This includes such areas as cash flow, productivity, and product quality. Learning different ways to add to the value in the workplace is important as well. Today, I'm got a very important topic, and development. To help us fly through important topics, I'm John thrilled to bring on someone who I believe has a great deal of knowledge in the area. Our guest today is Danielle. Danielle, she strategist, strong business acumen, at CMS and global executive level, and you'll create effective learning strategies and programs. Uniquely combine proof marketing techniques from the world's best marketing organization with modern learning strategies to create learning that sticks. Danielle provides herself on her timely work ethic flexibility. Peak clients can Danielle's commitment always delivers on time and budget. Her reliability shines with complex projects and she values collaborative work where she is known to bring aging and learning centered stories. Welcome to the show, Danielle. It is a pleasure to have you on. It's so lovely to be here. Thank you so much, Andrew. How have you been, Danielle? What's new? Lots is happening in the world of learning and development. It's great that we're able to talk about this. Before we begin, I always have a fun question to ask my guests to get things going. Are you ready for yours? Um, Danielle, would you say you are someone that likes to take a stand or just likes to let things That would depend on what it is for, on topics where I'm passionate. I definitely would take a stand. But I can also read others and see when they're more passionate about their topics. In that case, I'll let them take their stand and I'll let it slide. Why don't we get things going here? What I would love to do, start things off, our audience, a little bit about yourself, your story. Thanks. Thanks, Andrew. I started my career in marketing at Procter & Gamble and then PepsiCo. And while I was leading various brands, what I really loved most was actually all the learning and development things I could try to squeeze in. So while my day job might be to get you to buy more Doritos, increase sales of Mr. Clean, increase sales of Old Spice or Olay, the thing that I was actually passionate about was developing my team. And that meant on the side, I was always creating training. Let's train marketers how to do sales since I had a background in that. Let's train the whole marketing team on time effectiveness. I was fortunate to be able to also be involved in the training program from within P&G as well, which is really known as a stellar training ground, and also had my opportunities to lead more formal facilitation activities there. 
So fast forward that to the future where I thought, okay, if only I could get a little bit higher on the corporate rung, I'd be able to train more people. No, actually, all of that meant the higher up I got is actually I had more P&L pressure, profit and loss pressure. And the things that really pulled me to what I loved, onboarding and creating a training curriculum for my team, really just fell by the wayside. So left, left the corporate world and went headfirst into learning and development where I get to do 100% of my time, the work I really want to do. Awesome. I, when you were doing the training, when you were in marketing, you were learning as well. What was actually instrumental is getting my adult learning certificate. In Canada, there's a designation called CTDP. Going through that certified training development professional was actually getting the proper credentials and continually learning myself. So I look back fondly, but with amusement at my early days, and I just shudder to think about the awful learning solutions I created and facilitate, knowing what I know now about the rigor and the professionalism that's needed and what really truly makes training that sticks. That came much later with more education on my behalf. Thank you for sharing that story. In your opinion, what is training and development? Why is it so important to an organization? So the whole aspect of training and development is critical so we can upskill our employees. So my organization that I head up with my team is called Beyond the Sky. What we really committed to is really looking beyond and even beyond just training. So the industry now uses the term learning and development because the solutions might not be formal training. Well, Andrew, you could probably learn how to use the aspects and the tools of this amazing podcast system we're using, not with training. No, maybe with a job aid. Maybe with a micro video. There's a lot other ways to benefit learners than just training. And this is even more amplified when you think about this need on steroids when you look at an organization. It's just looking at what's required to learn a simple system, this podcast platform, and amplify that for an organization that needs their workforce trained on how to use the systems efficiently or their workforce trained on how to have the right communication skills and conversations between each other with clients. The need for training and development or learning and development just becomes central and integral to the functioning and the profitability of the organization. And imagine with proper training and development, it helps to retain employees, increase job satisfaction. Yes, numerous studies prove that consistently that without development of skills, employees feel stagnant without also the coupled opportunities for growth. Those or people that want to learn more and not, don't want to feel stagnant in their role, they need the training, creating this. And then also coupled with the organization's need for a workforce that is upskilled. It all fits hand in hand to deliver on that employee promise, which often includes training. Do you find that employees are nowadays wanting to grow more within an organization? Again, studies show that employees, but I'll even use it more broader than that, people are looking for ways to develop the skills that will further themselves in their goals. So whether that is climbing the corporate ladder at that company 
or whether it's taking a course on Udemy and learning Python and doing a side gig on programming or learning other videos from YouTube and learning how to paint, learning how to draw, taking that on an artistic talent or taking it on a monetary talent and selling their work, selling greeting cards as an example. We are definitely seeing an increase in people wanting to, people having access to tools that help them learn. And there's a plethora of tools out there, platforms, some are free, some are not, that allow people to upskill, whether it's things such as Khan Academy and maybe you're wanting for your kids to help improve their math, or maybe you want to really help them improve their math and you're paying for some of the more costly programs. Same thing with coding skills, communication skills, leadership skills, all these skills across the board, whether they're being offered in your organization and it will truly help your employees, whether employees, your keen employees are learning these on their own, there is definitely this opportunity that we can harness as organizations to channel that energy into employees or just learners in general that have enhanced skills that match their own goals and hopefully match the needs of the organization. Yeah, and like you mentioned before, you think that employees are wanting to grow within that organization or outside the organization if they're taking a course online, but they're, if it's within the organization, you're hoping that they want to grow and have the employees grow within the company so you can look at stuff like succession planning, to help them grow and maneuver in the company and stay with the company long-term. That's a great point. And the ex explicit example of succession planning, we look at leadership as an example, even at middle, mid-management levels, the need for your employees to upskill to fulfill your pipeline with succession planning is critical. And that is such a direct tie to learning opportunities they may have. Coupled with stretch assignments, growth, feedback, coaching. Again, learning is just one piece of it. And the learning could be through coaching, stretch assignments, reflection. And that example, though, is such a crisp one that exemplifies the benefits of learning and development within an organization. We all know that way before we could start to develop training material, we must identify the training need for the employee. So by assessing the skills and knowledge gap, how do we ensure that the skills learned will be of value to the organization? So within any, with any learning opportunity, there first is this first step of a needs analysis for which you're alluding to. But the needs analysis is such an important step to ensure 100% that whatever the skills that you're training they match what the organization is looking for. That's the whole purpose of that needs analysis step. And I do encourage everybody listening, especially for those who are not in learning and development, to be aware that any learning is solving a need. Any learning is solving a need. That may be, hopefully, a performance outcome. You want people to have better objection handling skills with clients. So there's less drop calls. Because of starting with a need that's tied to the business outcomes, what you're doing away with is any training for the sake of training. 
too often those, especially if one's not familiar with learning and development, start off with, oh, I know lots about objection handling. So there's no need here. The, the need is, I've got lots to share about objection handling. They should know A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, a myriad of items that are not directly tied to the performance that you want your employees to do. Instead, it's tied to what the subject matter expert thinks is nice to know. So that, again, comes the importance of that needs analysis. And also, honestly, having a learning development professional do that needs analysis or create the training program. Any good learning professional will even do a mini needs analysis just to ensure that, again, exactly getting to your point, Andrew, it drives the overall business. Love your golden nugget. Just me think of past experience, a training and development program is coming in. Coworkers are advised of it. And some people are not receptive to it because of the change. And they're wondering, why are we doing this? We're going good the way that they were going before. Why do we need to be trained on this or anything different? Why are we adding? Why are we? change so i could see there be some i wouldn't say issue but i could draw back boys not liking training development program put in even though it's going to benefit them in the long yeah this comes to two things firstly it's the need for change management so within any organizational change in a large organization, but ideally within all size organizations, there is both the training that accompanies it as well as the new, the change communication. I can look at my own organization as we're looking at changing a system. I will need to have some type of training for it. But more importantly, I actually need to embark on my change management plan to engage my key stakeholders to make sure there's the open dialogue. And then think about this at an enterprise level for large organizations and where the risk is even bigger. That whole change communication, the change management becomes essential. The second piece of this is that training itself should have a performance outcome that people can agree to. So they can see, oh, okay, I'm taking this objection handling skills because I can improve my objection handling. I get angry calls all the time. So it should be tied to an outcome that people can identify with. If not, and the training is not neat, then there's like a different issue at play and much more different types of communication to maneuver to get employees to take the training. And then I may even question, why are you doing this training? Unless there's a compliance reason. There, there really should be a clear what's in it for me, for the learner. One of the final steps of us think of an organization is to determine how it will be with the training. Easier and more successful is made, the more successful a program. So what are some ways that organization can make training and development your So your question speaks to ensuring the training pieces themselves can be easily accessed. So with that, I urge everybody to not think of this as the final steps. So not think of this as the final steps. This is part of the first step. 
with the needs analysis right from the start, the training needs to be designed with ensuring it's easy to access. This is 100% done upfront. The last thing we want is at the very end, realizing, oh my God, we have a mobile solution and nobody has phones. And our learners can't even access with the, there's too much detail anyhow for them to be able to access it with their mobility issues. So instead, what best approach is upfront and that needs analysis stage is to look at the learner population, have a deep understanding of them and think about two things. One, where is, so I should say, I typically recommend doing a learner persona and I can share some show resources for that. But the distilled nugget of that is it lets you in a systemized way, think about who is my learner? Where will they be accessing this? What can I do to make their life easier with this training? And then what mandated a 501 legislation, WCAG legislation, do I need to adhere to? So the result of that may mean that you look at your learning population and it's for a population with like mobility issues. So the, so my, my, my father had Parkinson's. So the idea of trying to move the mouse and click on things was pretty difficult. So if, if that's a key part of my learner population right from the start, I would need to design my course differently. And then it also happens to be fully accessible with that in mind, but it makes for a very different solution. And then I would also think about how best to deliver that to my learner population. Is it going to be mobile? Is it classroom training? Really, what is the best solution that meet learner needs? Making sure that get on to, we're ready to do the training here. Here's the link. Here's what we need to get on to. Can't get on it. We should yeah. book that. And it's too late. His course is built. Exactly. That totally makes sense. So once I read on your web that caught my attention was when you said, Danielle, model yourself after people who set goals for themselves, work hard, and share benefits with others. Not everyone or knows how to. Do you think that someone can be trained to set goals? Absolutely do. And I think of all the great success I see in society, even with the idea of SMART goals. So I see two things. One is awareness. And the second thing is putting into action. I think people can be trained because the tools for, which to, for a learning solution are not just courses. Like I mentioned earlier with learning and development, it's not just training and development. So a job day. And there's many online in the forms of beautiful Instagram posts or just there's many ways this is learning is happening beyond just a typical e-learning course or formal classroom training. And they are geared around how to set goals, are providing those micro steps that are needed or maybe just the macro information that's needed. So it's an exciting and it's a great example to think about a skill and knowledge that can be applied and it doesn't have to be only applied in the formal training sense. All those items are still considered learning and development. 
totally makes sense. I agree with you as well that someone can be out there all the time. People talk about it all the time, setting your goal, whether it be setting your goal to get into shape or setting your goal to learn how to speak a different language or trying to take a course or train, do a process at work. So I definitely agree with you in that that you can for sure. If I was asking one word to describe yourself to our woman, I would say it's something. So I'm really engaged with life. I'm engaged to learn. Like I love learning new things. I'm engaged to create engaging training solutions. And maybe that's a weird word, but that just sprung to my mind as you asked me. I'm so excited to like truly like learn as much as I can while I'm here on earth and share that with others. So that engagement for me comes through in myself and then I guess even in the learning solutions that my, my team creates. So yeah, maybe that's what it is. It's like full on engaged. That totally for sure. Any final thoughts for us tonight, Daniel? I do encourage everybody to rethink learning and development because this is an industry and a profession that is very different than what most people think of when they think of school or university. That's not modern learning. Instead, I encourage people to reach out to learning professionals they know and if there is a need that they have to create training and people you actually have, you actually want to work, you actually want training to stay, then I do encourage you to reach out to learning professionals who have this background and can ensure that this is modern learning and that you're getting the results. Yeah. 100%. I want to get a hold of you, Danielle. How am I going to use I can be reached on LinkedIn. Search Danielle Wallace. I'm the one in Canada. Or you can reach me by email at Danielle, D-A-N-I-E-L-E dot Wallace, W-A-L-A-C-E at beyond sky dot C-A. On behalf of myself and my guest, Danielle, would like to thank you all for listening. Until next time, be safe. And remember, if we all work together, we can accomplish anything.